All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Systems of Wealth podcast. I am your host, Noah Cronflight. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, someone that I have had the opportunity to develop a few campaigns for, learn from, someone that I consider to be a mentor, but much more importantly, a friend. It is Mr. Media Musavi. Media, thank you so much for joining me today, my friend. Noah, thank you for uh, thinking of me and having me on the show. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just telling you right before we started, like you're you're somebody that I have always appreciated just the the passion, the energy that you bring to everything you do. I just, I feel it and everything like a, your marketing, your approach. It's just a pleasure to work with somebody that has that type of energy and like day in and day out has always been that way. So seriously, from the, from the jump, I just wanted to say thank you for being one of those ones that just, again, like I said, has always been that, that person, like, it's so interesting when you think about like branding and stuff like that, like that feeling you get when you think about somebody, like it, it goes a long way. So again, just thank you for being that way. You are just, you're, you're really somebody that I've always enjoyed getting the opportunity to work with. Can you guys see me blushing? On the <laughs> no, 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 no. In all honesty, likewise, no. I mean, you've been a part of some of that uh, branding, some of that marketing campaigns and things of that nature. And again, it's a it's an evolving beast, you know? I mean, Certainly. your brand is your brand. The message and the theme is the same, but it still evolves as things go. So, I love it. I love it. So let's start with when when somebody asks you like what you do, what do you like, what do you usually say? What is like your official title when somebody asks you that? I manage people and their personalities. That's what Perfect. I tell people. I love it. That's, yeah. That really is it. You know, it's funny you said that too, because I came up yesterday again and it's just a common theme, you know, I mean, selling homes. Sure. That's like a end result of what mm -hmm. we do. But I mean, I deal with people every day, yes. you know, I deal right. with multiple different personalities, different desires, different wants, different everything. And it's managing those expectations and personalities that we do day in, day out that makes us uh, who we are. And I think wow. that's at the core of what we do. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's so funny. Cause I've always had like, when people ask me the same sort of thing, like, I'm just, I'm just Noah, like I'm just living. I'm just doing what I do. <laughs> like I like to solve problems. That's what I do for a living. Like, yeah, that's always the way that it's been. That's so funny. It's so, like, you can take anything back to that. Right. It's like, yeah. you, you know, do I create software? No, I write code, but it's like, it's all, there's all little parts of it at the core of it. That's exactly what it is. I love it. So let's, um, let's just go back a little bit. I want to start. Cause I don't, I mean, I don't know this so much about you and I don't know if you, if we, you and I have ever Ever talked about this like i found marketing and doing digital marketing online because originally i was interested in doing real estate that was like my original sort of like okay i'm going to be an agent that's the path that i that i'm going to take and i tried and tried and i failed the the test three times <laughs> and um like as i was studying i realized like oh man like this like this was probably six years ago now so like at the time Facebook ads were around, but they were sort of not like super mainstream yet. And so I realized like, oh man, if I just learned this skill, I could be the guy that like these agents are going to, to needing to run this as a service. And so like, that was what originally got me sort of in like the niche, but I'd love to just hear kind of your background, like your origin, where did your entrepreneurial kind of spirit come from? And like, why, what was it about like the real estate kind of mortgage niche that, that drew you in? Where did that originally come from? So the mortgage side of things came a little bit of a background was uh, from family. My dad was okay. in the business back in the day. Uncle was in it, but uh, it was always something I was interested in. I was inter interested in the finance side of things, not so much the sales side of it. Yeah. But uh, they never really let me get into the business with them back in the day. I don't know <laughs> oh, what really? it was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it was, uh, whatever it may have been, whatever reasoning. I mean, I remember I got little dabbles of it in 2006, 7, uh -huh. and all of a sudden the market crashed. So I Aye. saw how things were 
how things were back then. Mm-hmm. And it really was wild, wild west. It seemed like a very appealing business, but even from somebody from the outside, like myself, I was like, it seems a little bit too easy. Yeah. And just, it was very <laughs> lax. So, right. you know, the passion came from there. And I think I had a little chip on my shoulder because they never really wanted to teach me the business yeah. or let me get into it for that. So whatever it may be, you know, went, uh, from there, I started my own little auto parts import export business. Actually, oh no way! Okay, yeah, I went to China a few times, and wow. you know, I was like, okay, well, one, it's, it's through a partner of mine that was in the business. He was in auto part business, and he said, look, I have a lot of my competitors that have created their own line of oil filters, auto filters, this, that, whatever it may be, and uh, now they're selling those wholesale and making a good amount of money. Nice. So, uh, again, that's you know part of being entrepreneurial is you always look at these opportunities and hey, can I create a business out of it? So. Right. I decided, okay, how the hell am I going to find this factory in China <laughs> that's going to have that product? Because again, that's not a product that you can just get from any factory. I mean, it's all oh. messes up the cars in big trouble. So right. I had to actually find the specific factory that, you know, that uh, sourced it basically from the specific factory. Went over wow. there. It was all marketing and branding. This is where I actually started to learn that I'm very marketing and branding uh-huh. uh, focused. Right. Is that it was one thing bringing the product here and a lot of how people were selling it that day, the three or four competitors. They weren't worrying about branding. It was yeah. a sales salesman type approach. Right. Uh, but for me, that's where branding and marketing became a passion of mine because I branded it. It had its own, you know, we had our own material, ads, everything, logo, you know, the whole nine yards. Of course. So from there, um, that went well. Kind of a similar thing. I know we were talking about earlier. I had a mm-hmm. partner. Things didn't go well in that regard. So it came down to the point where this is only about eight years ago where okay. I kind of was starting from zero. And okay. I'm like, okay. Uh, it was a very scary time. It was a very unknown time. I didn't know what yeah. I was going to do. And I said, look, if it's uh, if there's ever any time that you wanted to do what you wanted to do, which is get into the financing side, the mortgage side of things, mm-hmm. I mean, take the opportunity now. Because like, you it. could have started this three, four years ago. Look, now you're starting all over again. So yeah. what's going to ha- what's the worst that could happen, right? Right. So I uh, went, got my, uh, got my license, got the testing, got everything done, went awesome. and... Uh, funny because in that time they said that i was the one interviewing the companies even though I was the <laughs> one that was a brand new but i was like who the hell's gonna even accept me you know, right I had no experience no experience yeah so started off at a uh, company american financial network out in okay that's yep. where i was living back then yeah went in there and you know within two two years i mean i was doing very well I was, okay so I was probably about top 10 percent you know in my field Dude, and I was killer hustling, i was willing to deal it i loved it and uh you know, I thought this is what it's going to be you know, yeah. for the rest of my life. I, right. I love what I'm doing. You're making yep. good money out of it. Yep. Uh, I'm a bunch of people. So again, just like anything else in life, that's uh, it's always one step. And mm-hmm. uh, curveball happens. Curveball happens or you want more or you, yeah. know, you want changes, things like that. So right. uh, doing well, you know, at that time it was then what's what's the next stage? So it was staying in the mortgage business, but it was focused on L.A. Okay. You know, I was on the Inland Empire. Yep. The you know the prices were a little bit lower. Things have changed obviously now mm-hmm. drastically, but also right. there's a lot more bigger fish and a bigger network of mine that I was building out in LA. Okay. And I thought, hey, um, there's something more for me out that way. Right. So what I did was I actually started working for a different mortgage lender out in uh out in Pasadena at that time. The reasoning was still in lending, but they had more flexibility to work okay. with high you know more high net worth individuals, higher yeah. price points, things like that. Um, and it was a little different in the sense that you're really operating your own business when you're working. Okay. So a lot of it is not taken care of for you. You basically right. have all the systems, the processes, uh, you want an assistant, you want people to handle it. So, Dude. uh, that's, that, that started to become a little more of the back end. you know, creating a business and managing right. a business versus just doing loans. So, yeah. 
Uh, that was going well. And mm-hmm. I decided at that time that I am going to get up, sell my home and move out to LA because All right. I was like, we got to burn the bridges. We got to literally just take that jump yeah. and do it. You know, I was working out in Pasadena for about five, six months at that point, going back okay. and forth between Rancho Cucamonga and there. And again, yeah. I'm starting to I'm starting to get a lot more clientele in LA mm-hmm. intentionally. I'm going to downtown. I am purposely focusing on LA. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to build that network, get that clientele. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> something else happens. Is I realize that, okay, the network is not translating into business, number one. Number okay. two, uh, I need to be in this environment in order for me to be able to work in this environment. Yeah. Proximity is definitely power, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to your network and who you're around. That has a lot of different meanings, but we'll get to that a little later. Right. Um, and I said, you know what? I'm going to get up one day, sold the house, moved Dude, to LA. I love it. Craziest, craziest move. <laughs> I'm not that guy. You know, at that time, yeah. was, you know, they say comfort is the enemy of success. I was comfortable. You know, there was <laughs> yeah, no right. upend everything and do a drastic move like that. Yeah. And there's a lot of fear and doubt. Of course. There's also, look what you've been through in life. Look where you've gone. And mm-hmm. you know, you can make it. You know, what's the worst that can happen again? Yeah. Uh, Same thing. Right. Here we go again. Uh, you know, rip that band aid, moved on out. And I remember my first night in downtown. I was like, what the hell did you just do? Yeah. What did I do? Right. I felt like I was renting out there. I got up and <laughs> sold the house that I moved. It was a pretty drastic, drastic decision. Yeah. But at that time, everybody, again, I'm meeting is, you know, at that time, the loan limits were a little bit lower. So if you're working for anyone but a bank, you can't do any loans that at that time were higher than 700. Yeah, the high balance, right? Everyone I'm meeting out here, basically are buying houses that are a million, two million. And so, I mean, hey, I'm building a huge network, got a bunch of friends. No but business. no business. You know? Okay. And even even being in in downtown and being in LA, the energy, the vibrancy, the scene. I mean, I used to hate it down here, but yeah. after <laughs> that first deal on the lending side down here, then I did mm-hmm. a second deal. And as I started coming out here, there was some energy that was just calling me, and that's what made me make that decision. They were okay. just like, feeling, and I just cut the cords and it came out here, dude. So that now is we're funny. out here, we're meeting a lot of people, both on the professional and personal side of things. Life yep. is happening at a thousand miles per hour. Basically right. more happened in that one month that probably happened in five years. You know, Dude, it's just, yes. Buckle and bustle. It's crazy yes. out here. And it's, uh, again, it's not translating into business for me. So hmm. at that point I had a decision to make too, because it wasn't just monetary or, you know, just business minded, but it was also lending to me is a lot more back end. You know, you're all more in the office, you're on the phone, you're dealing with yep. a lot more paperwork. Right. Real estate is you're dealing with people, people, personalities, and not to say that you're not on the lending side, but it's a lot more direct on the real estate side. Right. And it's obviously a lot more sales approached and it's, you're out there. You have to really be meeting people, networking, shaking hands, holding babies, kissing them. You know, <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> uh, I decided at that point, okay, well, look, you've been on the lending side for about three and a half years now and you're at the top of your game. Mm-hmm. Why, why are you going to try to shake that up again? Or what do you, why are you getting yeah. this? Right. Again, it's a feeling. And I did that feeling when I moved to LA, when I moved to the broker side, when I got into the loan business. So I looked at everything that I've done over the last six, seven years. And each one of these scary decisions that mm-hmm. would break me were actually the beginning of something greater. And wow. it was a stepping stone. So wow. I'm like, look, this is there's no end. There's no end to this. It's a journey. And it's constantly something where you have to evolve and take that next step and look for opportunities if they present themselves. Right. And believe in yourself and take it. Now, don't be stupid and just, right. you know, take some random, you know, just anything that comes by you. But, yeah. you know, I just, it was something that, again, it was eating me up inside. And I decided, look, 
I am going to now at the height of my career on the mortgage side of things, mm-hmm. which, you know, was only three years, but still to get to that point, there were people that weren't at that point their whole career. Of course. Uh, and I remember at that time, and this is before the market was going crazy. I was doing six to nine loans a month. Dude. You know? Yeah. Was, no, that's no this joke. Was, this was like five, six years ago, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it was like, even I was like, what the hell am I doing? So, <laughs> now to stop that and to go to the real estate side, it was this very, very scary decision. At that time, I had just moved to downtown. Okay. You know, overhead's a little higher. Yep. I had just met a woman who would become my uh, wife. Congratulations. You know, Absolutely. So, thank you, thank you. so, you know, a lot of those things are happening at the same time. Like you're just going to literally start from zero Pick in a career again. where right. you know, they say what 93% of people fail within the first two, three years, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. And, you know, you're not going to make income. You don't have income coming in. Those first few months, you're really going to do that right now. And, you know, expenses are up here <laughs> you know, and, everything, and everything else is going to go to zero. So right. I did it. Yeah. Dude. Uh, I said, you know what? Uh, I had my license at that time because you had to have both if you were on the broker side of the loan thing. So I said, yep. oh, do it. Uh, I had some relationships at that time uh, with an individual at Compass out in Malibu. I okay. tried that for a few months. Yep. Uh, he said, hey, come on in. This guy was selling, you know, 20, 30 million dollar houses. That didn't end up uh, being my jam. It just didn't work out after three, four months. And then right. thankfully, my contacts that I had from the financing side at the agency, mm-hmm. uh, which is where I am now, yep. uh, reached out to him. And, uh, he's, you know, I had saved a few loans for them in that day, but we built okay. a relationship, a friendship. He also lived in downtown, just a block or two away. We nice. Were kind of this was our stomping grounds. We were always running around here. Uh, right. Doing the whole social thing. And um, he said, look, I got an interview for you. And uh, wow. I there. And I, you know, now that I think about it, because it's not something that you just take a green agent, you know? Yeah. Uh, they accepted me. And it, I asked that question too. I'm like, look, I yeah. know you guys don't accept new agents. We're, right. Why am I, you know, it's, I, it's not because I know anybody. I mean, I do know you, but you don't yeah. just accept people, even if you just know them. Right. Um, and he said, no, it's like, look, there's, there's business and there's two sides of it. you're looking at it as you were in the mortgage loan side of things. And there's the real estate side of things, but then there's business. These are both businesses. Hmm. You know how to create a business. You know how to manage a business. You know how to run a business. Cause that's yeah. what each side is. Right. So you doing what wow. you did on the mortgage side and applying it to this you're not green in that sense. Mm-hmm. Green is you have no sales experience whatsoever. You don't yeah. know financing real estate side. Right. So, uh, and this guy's a good friend of mine. He's my broker. He's my manager. His name is Gus Ruelas. All right. He got me in. And, you know, this is only, I've never actually said this because it's kind wow, of- Wow, we get an exclusive. <laughs> you know, no, it's something that I kind of feel like, eh, is it, am I going to lose credibility by saying it or not? But it's the truth. You know, I've only been in the real estate game now it's my third year on okay. the sales side a lot of people yeah. think i've been doing this for 20 or 30 years you know and i'm not that old guys so. <laughs> <laughs> no but it's uh you know to gus's point i mean he saw something in me that even i was a lot more fearful because like you did it in that and you if you look back in your whole life and you zoom out we all zoom in on certain things and it's scary yes. when you're zooming in or i haven't done anything i haven't achieved when you zoom out and you look at the whole picture you know you've constantly made it yeah and you know they showed you've seen that that graph where it shows you know, entrepreneurial. Yeah, what success, and right. It really is. It's never like this. And you no. don't want it to be like that because then it's yeah. going to fall further too. Right. But, you know, you saw that. He believed in me and we came in and, uh, you know, it's only three three years later now. And this year I got top one and a half percent of the country, which- I love it. Doesn't make country. Yeah. I mean, and that's Crazy. the second full year because the first year I started in, uh, I think it was July or August. So, and then the first year I did pretty well and, uh, you know, tripled up the next year and here yeah. we are now. Dude, <laughs> insane. Seriously, another congratulations. Like Thank I said you, it sir. at the top. Like it's it's, Jeez, it's it, there is no such thing. There's no end, there's no top. It's no. all a journey, you know. And for me, it's like, okay, now what? Yeah, always. Yeah. And I think like, well, I want to go back a little bit because that 
that question of like on the other side of a very scary decision, like is where you find a lot of like evolution and growth internally. And I feel like myself in a similar position right now of sort of resetting some new targets and sort of deciding like, what is it next that I want to get out of myself? And I think right. that voice is there. We all kind of have it like that, that intuition, that gut, whatever you want to call it, whatever that is. And I think the more that you're tuned into it, the more that you listen to it, the more that like you allow that to live and breathe and become alive, like the more those decisions and then on the other side of it, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so looking back on it now. You're like, I'm so happy that I was able to, but like, how do you, what is that with you? Like, how can you push yourself through that? Call it fear to get on the other side and make a decision like that. I mean, you have to take a leap ultimately, you know, yeah. I mean, you could overthink it all you want. I've been very, I've been known to do that quite often, mm -hmm. or you could just take action. You know, I right. think, uh, you know, overthinking is procrastination to an extent. Right. I mean, I'm not saying make decisions without thinking whatsoever, of but you're never going to be a hundred percent on certain decisions, especially yeah. things like, you know, that, that require you to take that leap of faith. Right. So for wow. me, it's look, Think it through all you want, but then at, at some point you're you're literally just circling yourself with yeah. thoughts and creating. So ultimately it's look, uh believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not you know, you're not dumb in the sense that you don't think things through and that you've made you've made decisions. Not everything works out, but also what's the worst that can happen. Right. The worst thing is is you're gonna regret not taking that because there's things that I look back at 15 years ago, 10 years ago, that if I had done it then, where would I be now, etc. Right. etc. You know, so everything is a lesson. Everything is a stepping stone. And so mm -hmm. what's the worst that can happen? And number two, believe in yourself, your abilities, and that you're not just, you know, you're, you're not doing things very in a rash way. So for me, it's the more you do that, it's like a muscle. You get, yeah, it's a muscle for me. It was, you know, first getting into the mortgage side of things. Then mm -hmm. it was selling house. Then it was moving to LA. Then it was, you know, cutting this cord. Then it was jumping into the real estate side. Right. The more you do that. And the more that you see that, it works out, mm -hmm. you know, the more that you believe in yourself. So like, yeah. there's a reason that I feel this way about the next venture or whatever this next opportunity right. or whatever this may be, right. take it. Yeah. And so you go very, you get very confident in that regard. Dude, I love that. And that goes back to kind of what you were saying, like, you know, have only been in the business for X amount of years, whatever you want to call it. Like I say that about, obviously about myself, my long extensive career of, you know, being 25 now at this point, like I think about that a lot, but I also tell myself that, even before like I got started doing digital marketing or whatever we want to call it now, like I've been preparing for these moments my entire life. Like yeah. I've all like being an athlete and the friends and the family, like all the, the travel, everything that like I've ever exposed myself to as far as experiences and getting new input. Like I feel like that is what has chipped away at like me being the person that I am to this point now. And I think it really comes down to like intention. Like, are you, how are you approaching day in and day out? with the energy and the passion, the focus of stepping up and being that person for you. And so it really does not surprise me that you are crushing it at your profession, like at this level, like it really, really doesn't surprise Thank me at you, all. Man. Really it's so cool. I want to go back a little bit too. So when you like, the other thing that has helped me as well, making decisions like that and getting the other side of like something scary is having like real people that I can point to and be like, oh, they're doing it. Like if they're, you know, they can show me the rope sort of thing. Like, did you have would you consider like having mentors or people that like, you know, were mentored that like kind of showed you the ropes that got you, you know, started and what you were doing with, you know, the different respects? Yeah, definitely. I think there's, you know, mentors, both good and bad, but I use that more, not as a mentor, but more as examples. Mm -hmm. um, 
But no, I've been blessed to along the way have a little taste of both, you know, yeah. and seeing both the the downsides and the upsides of what uh, you know life can bring, depending on how you take action. Yeah, so yeah. I guess I'm getting a little taste of you know 2006, 2007 before the mortgage meltdown thing. I saw a lot of what happened. And all those guys went out of business, you know. And yeah. It was a crazy time. So that was a very lesson as into what not to do. You know yeah. I mean? Of course. Now, Sure, those guys took advantage of the opportunity that was present presented to them. And look, everybody was doing it. So I'm not saying that, you know, anyone's at fault, but right. look, there's certain things that it's gonna come home to crow, you know. Mm -hmm. So that there's a little bit of that. I mean, I think on the broker side, um, Willie Escobar was a uh my broker. I learned a lot from him. I mean, awesome. he came from a he came from a place where I mean, there was a point, and he says this publicly where he was ready to just end it all, you know, but he wow. had a wife, kid, and it was just, he had hit rock, rock bottom, zero built it up to a point where he's very, very successful. The nice. millionaire, you know, he's doing well. He's a yeah. man that I think has a lot of character, integrity, mm -hmm. value, somebody I look up to. We don't work together anymore, but right. we still remain friends. Awesome. But, uh, you know, that was definitely one of them. Again, there's people in my organization. You see uh, my broker, Gus Ruelas, mm -hmm. who have our CEO, our leader, uh, Mauricio Umansky, who, you know, when you look at him, you would think he's very unapproachable and you know, the guy is hmm. too busy for, to give you the time of day and that you know, things like that, where I find I, I kind of catch myself sometimes, you know, like I can't get this call right now. Yeah. Right. But you know, when you look at that and you see that these are people that act with integrity, with character, mm -hmm. they have the time for you, you know, their word is their word. I mean, these are, these are all things that it's part of culture, right? right. So it seeps into each and every person working in the company. And it's been mm. something that, you know, I've had these individuals in my life, like I said, Willie, Gus, yeah. all, where coming up, you know, these are role models to me, you know, right. and it's, you know, it's the same thing for in our company where it's not an end result, like I said, because you're, you did great, but you're yeah. killing, like, <laughs> and, they're, and they're never, you know, when you look at the biggest people in our company, it's just day in, day out. They don't, yes. ever, they've arrived. They're not, right. they didn't do 500 million this year. They didn't yeah. do, it's what are we going to do next year? Well, how can right. we improve? How can we do better? So these examples have been there in my life yeah. you know, and it's been in every different company. You know, even when I first started on the loan side, same mm -hmm. type thing, but yeah. there are some things that you take with you as to not what to do. And there's mm -hmm. certain things that you take with you that, Hey, this is what I want to be. This is where I want to be. And this is the person that's doing it. So wow. there's values, character, integrity, things like that, that you get from them that you emulate. Wow. That's a really, really good distinction between, I mean, like some of that stuff for sure is ingrained in you that like, and you know, what's interesting about that stuff is like, it's, usually the stuff that like you can't really teach like the being a like being an effective communicator and being a leader and showing up on time and doing those things that like is going to get you almost 80 percent of the way there most people right. are not going to be able to do that even if they do do it consistently doing that over the long term like you can for sure just absolutely like get away from the herd by just consistently doing that over and over again but that yeah. is the same sort of thing that like when you were interviewing you know and saying like you know you don't take green agent sort of thing well it's like they saw that in you it's like well you have the skills and the expertise and like the traits that don't really like no matter what happens that can't be taken away from you like 100%. that will never ever be removed no matter what it's huge no, and you know i think to that point people are like you either got it or you don't i don't believe that to a hundred percent be true because look, mm -hmm. if you got it sure there's people that have a lot of ability a lot right. of skills but they don't uh they don't put it to practice they're not yeah so there's that side of it and then there's the other side if you don't have that part of it but you have persistence you have passion mm -hmm. you have drive that will be book smarts and that'll be preparation or whatever any day 100%. now you may have to do so a lot harder than somebody that has the natural god gifted ability to do so but look if you're 
if you have that drive in you and you want it mm-hmm. way more than they do, it doesn't matter what kind of skills they do, you'll get there. So wow. I think it's a combination of both of those things. Yeah. Right? Wow. Wow. I don't feel great. that the ability is there. I think if you start, if you start to do that, I mean, I'm not, a, it's not like you're a musician or anything like yeah, that. Some right. good at sales or whatever. I yeah. think if you start to do that, you start to get in your head like, Hey, I got this. And then, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's no, you don't because no, you no, no. keep evolving and yeah. adapting and learning and growing. Right. And that's how you do that. So I think humbling yourself, or life does it to you is a yeah, very certainly thing. life will do it to you. <laughs> it has certainly. a funny way of doing that, doesn't it? Yeah, it really, really does. You know, what's funny about that too is like as I've noticed, as I've gotten like more experience and have learned more and I've had the environment with like clients to be able to apply that knowledge, I always find myself feeling like, gosh, I know less and less the like more that I go up to the more chances that I get I'm always like oh my goodness like there's so much more to learn I know even less than like I ever thought that I did and that is humbling and it gets me back to the drawing board of being like okay I need to be a student I need to constantly work on my craft and go back to work and 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 focus on that but something that I that I've been very excited to talk to you about and a skill that I think you have above and beyond anybody that I you know come across consistently that I get to work with is your your marketing and your branding, the way that you present and like the way that you show your brand is something that I just like, like I said, it's, it just is clean and crisp and modern. And it's, it's everything that I love about branding. It's, it always has been where, like, where does that come from for you? Did you have like a, was that like a natural skill for you? Were you like, okay, I want to get into this. Like, did that kind of come a little down the line? Yeah. How did you cultivate that sort of muscle? No, I think that uh, that came down the line. It wasn't something in the beginning where I was like, oh, I love marketing or yeah. anything of that nature. I think it, initially where I realized I have a little bit of that uh, marketing panache or just a love for it was mm-hmm. um, when we started the uh, the auto part company. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Again, branding was very important to me. Our boxes, our logos, our branding, <laughs> our material, our... You know, we had these pitch decks. We had even the okay, labels right. on each one of the, the parts. It was just yeah. something that... They had never seen in the industry. I, I guess it was underappreciated because it wasn't necessary. They would just take a filter out of the box and be like, bye. You know, <laughs> so it was like that. I realized that's where a lot of my passion came in. Uh, I also realized that focusing too much on that and not taking action is also mm. a bad thing because you can focus on a brand and creating a message and all yep. the content all you want. But right. if you're not going out there and, you know, throwing that at people, then it's Yeah, not- nobody knows about it. Then No, so that, that was world, something yeah. I learned from that. But I think from there, I started to realize, hey, I like this marketing stuff. And then- yeah. When I got into the uh, the loan side of things, I started mm-hmm. realizing I love this content stuff. And I okay. always loved content, creating content, even back in college, high school, you know, it was in groups that we would create content. Nice. But, um, you know, I never liked being on camera, but I yeah. always liked the back end, the editing, the producing. Okay, like yeah, yeah. So getting in the uh, loan side of things, I mean, they were pushing content, 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 content. And I saw at that time, the broker I was with, they turned content into a full-time platform that was generating leads coming into business, this, mm-hmm. that, that. Again, I... What I learned from that is content is very important. Content is the way of the future. But I think being genuine is also very, very important because then you're not trying to craft a message. You're really being you. You know, you're being what your brand is. So that all came naturally. And again, I think there's so much distraction in this day and age where, I mean, it happens to me too. I look at somebody else. Oh, they're doing that. I want to do this. And it doesn't have to work that way. Look, your brand is you. I mean, you, Hmm. I'm not saying don't think outside of the box. Definitely try it. But you know, there's a lot of people you see, and I was uh, there's a uh, guy in a company. His name is Matt Leonid. Okay. He just won a Inman Award um, with uh, his partner, who they run the Broke Agent. So mm-hmm. very, very popular site. Matt is a 
genius marketer and content creator. And I think it was a reel he shared last week or one that he created that basically said, look, cause he does this, he does funny videos, man. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're elevated, they're funny, they're to the point, but they're very realistic. And, uh, you could, uh, you could relate to them, okay. but, um, you know, it's like, look, not everybody has to come out and do this because it may not be you. You may be right. forcing it and it's just not your brand. And, right. you know, and again, we see so much out there and there's so much thrown at us that it's like, okay, here's my brand, but look what this person is doing. Look what that person is doing. Maybe I should try this. Maybe I should try that. Right. I think it's overwhelming. I think you have to think at a core, what is your message? Who are you? What are your values? Mm-hmm. Who are you as an individual? Who is your clientele? Yeah, That's thing as well. You know, I mean, if I went out there and I was doing dances and TikTok dances for right. my clientele, I mean, I wouldn't have my clientele. <laughs> I think it's important to also look at that too. I think people come out and they're like, well, wow. I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah, like, hey, you can come on out there because they're like, well, look at Gary Vee and, you know, uh, Grant Cardone, this, that. And so they come out and they start going, fuck this, fuck that. Well, like Gary, I'm like, you're not Gary Vee. That's v, not you. You yeah. have to understand that. One, that's his brand. That's right. who he is. Two, he's also got the credibility at that point. So yes. he can do that and it works. But if you've done nothing in terms of sales, you come out and you're starting to do that, everyone's going to be like, what the hell is this? Ooh. I think it's important to, one, know your audience. Two, know what you're about. Know what your values are. Know wow. what your message is. Know what your brand is all about. If I had to ask you in two seconds, you know? So for me, it started to naturally just evolve that way. I started mm-hmm. to build the brand. It started with a logo. It started with my style of video. It started mm-hmm. with the content. And although now I do want to try different things, it's, but that's who I am. So that's yeah. natural. So uh, it's, it's just, um, I wouldn't say I had it. It just naturally evolved and it's still evolving. You yeah. Know? Always is. So, of course. And that's that, where we are. Do you like, does that, cause that's sort of the place that I'm in right now is finding what that means to me and being like for the first time sharing online. Cause I've never really ever prioritized this. Like same sort of thing. I've always enjoyed being on the, the behind the scenes of like helping other people build like right. same what I've done for you. Like right. I've enjoyed just powering your campaigns forward. Like that's what I've always enjoyed. Yep. And now like being in a position where for the very first time I've like had the like sort of want and almost like the internal, like, okay, like I have a desire to share and post a little bit more online, but there comes with that of like, oh my gosh, like I'm sharing online now and people are going to see this. And like, have you, do you deal with that? Like, does that ever yeah. like come up? Yeah. Okay. All the time. Okay. It, it does with anyone too. And you know, and that's where I revert back to Gary Vee. He's like, gives a shit. You, you know, yeah. you think that people, and you all honestly think that people give a shit too. In three days, right. you're going to forget. Yeah. So everybody's focused so on, fixated <laughs> on your Right. Head. Oh my God. What do they think about this? Right. Oh, they didn't even see it. You know? <laughs> and here's the thing too. Again, you have to put yourself out there. Yeah. I mean, you not doing that is you also not taking that jump into entrepreneurship or taking yes. that next opportunity. It's all, it's all in line with the same kind of 100%. thought process. So, you know, you wow. putting yourself out there is very scary, but you're creating that fear in your head. Yep. What's so scary that somebody might laugh at you or they might think about it. Well, guess what? They're the spectators. They're on the sidelines. They're, they want to do the easy same thing to be. Too, yeah. You know? right. So trust me, it's not easy to do that. But the people right. that put themselves out there, that get laughed at a little bit, that then start to find like, hey, this is working. That's not. And it opens up new opportunities and new avenues and channels. I think it's important to do that. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's videos I look back at. Especially if you look back at your first videos, you cringe. Of course. Always. Look at where it's come now. And if you didn't do that cringeworthy type of material, then you would never evolve to getting to where you are now. So again, it's just like anything else in life, right? It's you either learn or you get a lesson from it. Yeah. It's it's a... Every day. Don't get me wrong. I look at it. I'm like, shit, man, this is going to be a video. Don't put this out there. But what are people going to think? 
But at the end of the day, they're one, not paying my bills. Two, it's part of Oh, my- that's a big one. I yeah, always tell not, myself that. They're not, not paying I'm my not bills. I'm not hurting anyone. Look, they're yes. not paying my bills. They're not hurting anybody. Yes. So it's like, put right. that out there. You know, what yes. do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose. In fact, you have everything to gain. Some pieces of content that I put out that, honestly, I was like, this is going to be the worst thing ever. Ended mm-hmm. up being the, you know, that piece of content with the most engagement, the most opportunities came from it. And the most, yes. like, whatever it may be. And it's not right. about the likes. It's not about anything. No, no. Yeah, there's a much different, like, approach to posting type of content just for likes and posting from like a place of, well, I'm in this to make money. Like that's essentially what, like I'm running a business here. Like that's what I'm doing. And I think, you know, what I go back to, and again, this is like with anything at the beginning, like you're going to suck. It's going to suck. Like it's not going to be good at the beginning, but that's with anything. And like the muscle you build by just doing this consistently and showing up and doing it, like that's where the magic happens. It's always been that way. And I think where it's difficult, especially like you said it in this, in this call today, like you knew when you were pivoting and going to sort of a new market or a new profession, like I'm not, there's not going to be any income for a couple months. Like that's with anything starting a business or doing anything like this. Like there's no results for a couple months, but like if you can get through that first kind of initial phase, whatever that is, like that's where the magic is. And the dots that connect beyond that are nothing that you could ever, ever, ever like predict or ever see in like beforehand. Like that's the magic of business and anything. Speaking of that, I want to pivot a little bit to, Talking about money a little bit, if that's okay. Because I I really, really like, I know finances and numbers are something that you love and that you're really good at. Like, how do you, do you feel like you had a good relationship with money growing up? Like, was that discussed? Did you sort of have to seek that out on your own? Like, how do you feel like that's changed and sort of evolved over time for you? I think, you know, being a first generation American to parents that were immigrants that came over here and had to make it. Yeah. I think you gain a lot more of a conservative approach when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. So I think I definitely have, I have a bit of that, but I also have, you know, a lot more where, Hey, in our generation, we like to spend. So it's a, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a balance. Right. But I think as my business has grown, mm-hmm. as my career has grown, I've become a lot more like my parents in the conservative sense of spending. But at the same time, I think there was, there was a time where, you know, I would make and I would hoard everything, you know, okay. don't invest in the business, don't right. spend money on this, don't this, that. Whereas now I would say I'm a lot more, uh, I wouldn't say laxed, but I take my shots. You know, I reinvest big time. I nice. would say, you know, 60, 70% of everything that comes back in, Dude. I literally throw it out, whether it be in the form of content, yep. marketing is a huge, huge part of my budget, Right. Uh, whether it comes to opportunity, whatever it may be, I am throwing that back in more than I ever had before. And I'm also seeing rewards from yeah. that more than I ever had before. Right. But on the personal side, I mean, the relationship with money a lot more now is, hey, we're in a cyclical business. It's a it's a business, you know, it, nothing is stable and secure forever. So I think yeah. I'm in that sense, personally, I'm a lot more conservative now. But mm-hmm. when it comes to the business, sometimes I'm like, holy crap, dude, you spend more <laughs> months than pretty you aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a lot more aggressive. Now again, it's calculated. Yes. And not everything works, but it's almost right. like, you know. There was times where I was thinking about a marketing campaign for six months and I wouldn't launch it. Right. And, you know, finally you launch it after six months and it didn't work. So you, you wasted those six months. You could have done it after one month because you're, again, you're overthinking it, going in circles. I could have just launched that thing out, you know, and then I would have learned that by now I could have done three other campaigns. And yes. See what so Man. was that a waste of money? No, it wasn't because that teaches you, hey, this didn't work or go back to the drawing board and adapt. So I'm a lot more loose in that sense where I'm just firing off different campaigns and marketing channels and let's see what works and pieces of content. Right. And I found that, Hey, even if one of those works, it makes up for all the other ones, but take take action 
take your shots. Yeah. And you know, the more you hoard it, what you got to put the money to work. I mean, what, what do the wealthiest people in this country do in this country do? They They're put their money to work. It may be working. in real estate or other, you know, income producing assets, yeah. but Hey, this is your business. You know, for mm -hmm. us, we don't have inventory. We don't have the overhead that other, you know, manufacturing type businesses, but we have marketing. That's our biggest expense. So right. if you're not spending on that, which agents are notoriously known. Yeah. Very, 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 very cheap. And right. it's funny because especially when times were great last year, you know, the market was booming more than it's ever done before. Yeah. And realtors were like, well, I don't need to market. Look, it's yeah, all right. to me. And I'm like, you know, that's one thing I learned from uh, Gus, my broker. You uh -huh. know, he was like, look, when times are good, keep it, keep investing because when it goes down, it's a little bit late to get, you know, to get that engine started again yes. and start putting it up. Yeah. And the problem is when times are down, I mean, this year the market's adjusting. It's not a bad market whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Then they get even more tight with it. Well, now right. they have money to spend. Well, yeah. how, do you, how do you expect to make, how do you expect to get new clients? How do you expect to prospect? How do you expect to create new business? You have to market. So for me this year, I'm spending more than I did last year. I've doubled down, even though okay. the market, even though I'm not doing as many deals as I did last year, yeah. I doubled down. But you have to put your foot heavier on the pedal in times like this to make even what you were making before. Wow. And from that, new opportunities arise. But right. I get it. A lot of agents are scared. And yeah. you know, it's just because, like I said, we're in a cyclical business. We don't know if that hmm. tech is coming next month. Or yeah. But that also comes down to belief. And you, know, you have to wow. believe yourself. It's going to come. Throw it down. You, have, you haven't made a wrong decision so far. And if you yeah. have, why are you, why are you where you are today? Yeah. Learn from that. Right. No. Wow. So, That's a really, really I, great. Yeah. Philosophy. My relationship with money conservative on the personal side and on uh -huh. the business side, very, very aggressive on things. That I love that. That's awesome. And like, do you approach your column, like financial targets? It's like, okay, I want to make or generate X this year. And then this is like as many, you know, deals that we need to do month and month out. Like, is that how you're defining targets or like, how do you, how do you work with that? So that's what it was last year. You know, obviously mm -hmm. it was a volume based approach. It was a dollar amount. It was to try to get to that top one and a half percent, which yep. again, I thought that was a pipe dream. People never get there, you Dead. know, and it, you know, made it, you know, so for, last year <laughs> it was that. But okay. I readjusted in December and I started thinking, okay, what are your plans for, you know, this upcoming year? So yeah. for example, it's not a, it's far from a dollar goal this year. For me, it was opening up new channels and avenues of business. All right. Markets that I am in, uh, one of them being going after a lot of these luxury lease communities mm -hmm. in my in downtown over here. Yep. So, you know, the plan was it's take a step back in some regards on the volume or that number on what I want to make or what I want to produce in terms of selling home. But it was more so about creating a separate business within a business, especially in shifting times where I would become the luxury leasing expert. You know, wow. I would start a group that basically I'll represent all of these buildings in downtown and LA and at that time, I wasn't representing anything. As mm -hmm. of today, I'm representing three high-rise communities. Dude. You know, and there's a couple more that are coming. And thank God for that, because look, awesome. when things slow down on this end, that side is picking up where yes. it could probably do more than I made last year in regards to Crazy. You know, that production. So it's for me, it's achieving not just monetary goals. Mm -hmm. Look, success is not all just the dollar figure, right? Yeah. It's, I know it's how we're measured in our business. That's how the top one and a half percent is measured. I, right. I understand that completely. Right. But for me, it's a long-term goal of setting a sustainable business that could operate also without me being there. On the real estate side, you can't really do that. You know, yeah. the, what I'm creating right now with the luxury leasing groups app, there is mm -hmm. a way to kind of automate that, create a team to create a business that, hey, you could be on vacation and all of a sudden there's money rolling. Deals are so, still flowing, right? Wow. And it's not just that itself too. It's, hey, can you create another route in a business that, Traditionally, it's always been just one-sided. Right. You know, the buy side, there's a sell side. You know, but right. can you create a whole other channel that 
it's been there, but can it actually become so profitable that it overtakes even wow. standard production? So right. for me, that's been a mission and a goal this entire year. And now, you know, today, actually, just uh, just got the word a couple of days ago where, hey, you got another community. No and, way. So we're working on some bigger ones, too. Right now, I'm working on one that's 600 units itself. Dude, and that, crazy. And, you know, once you get to that point, then it's creating a team and a whole business around that. So, right. uh, you know, there's no goal in terms of the dollar amount because I was happy. I told myself I made zero dollars this year wow of, you know selling properties yeah and, you know listings and things like that right but that when i created this the year after i would make more than two years put in mm -hmm. one and that's Man. that's already kind of it's more than balanced out obviously right. i can stop producing on this end of course but already now that started as a you know just a little baby seed in the soil and Dude. now that's sprouting to the point where that'll wow. that'll easily do six figures in itself this year wow insane and that's, that's just start and this is just the start but that just comes with start. a lot of branding that comes with a lot of marketing it comes right. with a lot of you know, to your point, it's funny you mentioned this earlier, which it's not something I ever think about in regards to my brand. And does that work? Because we're in a generation where people are watching TikToks and they want mm -hmm. these funny dances and these funny skits. So is that archaic at this point? Is that a foregone conclusion? You know, like having some kind of you know, the specific brand I have and the messaging in that audience. But the reason that two of these communities brought me on this, they reached out to me. They said, we saw your brand. We like the feel. We love the style, it's an elevated brand, yet it's in tune with the, still with this demographic and audience of today, Yes. Com combining that with that DTLA Insider page. Yes. So I have both sides of it. And they said that that's what we need for this community because these wow. are three communities. Right. So, sure. They could bring in somebody that has 2 million followers, a TikTok realtor, this, that, that. It doesn't fit what their, it doesn't align with their values. It doesn't align with their community messaging. And wow. So I was like, holy crap. You know, you've been thinking the last three, four years that is anybody even listening? Yeah. No, really. Is anybody right. watching? Is anybody even listening? Is this even part of it? But uh, to hear that from them, you know, a couple of weeks when they first reached out, I was like, that huge you know, validation. Just, you know, it's a major validation. You know, so it's wow. like, like you're doing something right, and there's something for everyone. You know, and you may not, you know, that TikTok generation may not gravitate towards you, or you know, there's an audience that won't. But yeah, guess what? You obviously have your audience, and based right. on what it was that your business plan was, and who you were going after, and what you wanted your clientele to be they are gravitating towards you. Yeah. And so for me, that was big validation. And wow. uh, that's what actually is starting to get me these jobs. So dude, yeah. awesome. There's, no, again, there's times I'm like, should, should I jump on there and dance? And, <laughs> and but, you know, again, then that could, and again, I'm not saying don't do that. Be right. you, be whoever you are, yes. who your brand is and the, and that clientele and that business will follow suit. Yeah. Well, that's so like, what I love about that is like, it started with just you being genuine and authentic, like you and and like, that's what they fell in love with. And that's what is so like easy for you to continue to do content and make it like almost like harmonious. It's just like, this is me. I could just wake up and like, this is already like what I would be talking about anyways. That's awesome. And on your point about the, like asking about financial targets, like, cause I, I go back to doing that. Like, you know, if I want to make X then like, you know, this is the business and this is sort of thing. And I love that going like, I call it just like going like a layer deeper, like the gray area of just like, well, the metrics of how we define and like measure our lives, it's so much more deeper than obviously just like the amount of money rolling in. Right. And like, there's mm -hmm. a lot of different ways to do that. But what I love about like the way that you redefine sort of like your plan is just like, you just like you, you're playing the game better. Like you want to play the game better at a higher level. And that just ultimately led to this type of revenue coming from like a place where it's just like you redefined what is possible in the business where people like approach real estate. And like you said, it's just like, well, it's buy side or, you know, or sell side, that's it. And then you're like, well, I'm going to do this in my own way and make this my own way. And like, look at the success that it's leading to. That's so awesome.
mean, it's so, a marathon, not a sprint, Noah. Yeah, you know? and that's, certainly. And sometimes when you think about it, you're, and I've done this plenty of times, you're taking one step back to take mm -hmm. two steps forward. Yes. You have to believe when you're taking that step back that you're oh, going to slingshot back forward. And right. yeah, you never know, but if you no. believe in yourself, you know. Dude, I love that. So just to like, I want to pivot a little bit more towards just like, almost like personal philosophy now, like what, like, how do you define success now? What are those values? Like, what does that trait look like for you? Like when you talk about like longevity in your business, like what is like, how, do, like, how do you define that for yourself now? So success to me, I mean, again, it's not, it's not a monetary thing. I don't want to base it on that. Obviously yeah. that's a huge, huge part of it. Of course. And, you know, it leads into what I'm going to get into right now. You know, success for me is happiness. Happiness for the people around me, security for the people around me, being able yeah. to provide to, like I said, I have a wife now. I got a, mm -hmm. a little son, which is Waco the dog. You know, it's being able to provide for them. It's being able to, one thing I'm learning right now, which I don't have a lot, is having freedom of time. Yep. Which is something that I feel that, you know, when you when you measure the ultimate form of success, sure. How do you get more time. Well, obviously you have to create a business that makes money, that's sustainable, that allows you to, you know, be in Cabo or on a beach somewhere yes. where it's still generating business. Right. You know, that, but that requires that a lot of time. time is where, it's, <laughs> where, where it is. No, really. So yeah. to have that freedom of time, that's success, you know, because for me, mm. it's 24 seven. I mean, I feel bad for my wife. We'll, we'll have dinner, you know, and it'll just be two phones going off this, yeah. that, and I have a thousand things coming at me. Right. I'm better at managing that, but I realize uh -huh. that that's ultimate success for me is creating that freedom. And uh -huh. that comes with creating a sustainable business that can operate without you being there, which is why I started that leasing site. Wow. And again, you have to be there just yeah. with any other business. You have to have oversight, but then you turn into more of a managerial business management type of thing versus mm -hmm. working in your business, which right. is what we're doing. And right. I'm like, what happened if you stop working today? Falls apart. Okay. So that's part of it. So success for me, freedom of time. Uh, success for me is happiness for the people around me. Success for me is... Oh. You know, not having to go back in a certain way. You know, there's always more. I'm very content and happy with where I am in life, mm -hmm. but I always have the drive and desire for more. Yeah. And more is not, like I said, always monetary. Right. It's, uh, you know, success in life is, look, I never thought a few years ago that I'd have a business that was yeah. operating at the level that it is, that I right. would be married, that I would be, you know, all these yeah. living in a high rise in downtown Los Angeles. All right. these things were pipe dreams to me. Yes. You know, it was, but now you look at that. And again, it's important to zoom out sometimes because I'm like, you haven't done shit. You know? And I'm like, <laughs> zoom out. Where were you? Eight years ago, yeah, you hit dude. rock bottom. You had Seriously. zero. You didn't know what you were going to do. Wow. You know, four years ago, you started all over again in the real estate side. Of wow. Things, you know? And so you have to zoom out sometimes in order to, you know, appreciate and have gratitude for where you are, mm -hmm. but you have to zoom in to understand that, Hey, there's a lot more and you have to focus on the day in day out activities because that's going to get you to where you want to be. But right. That's a, uh, that's about having a plan. That's yeah. about having a bigger picture. Wow. You're not going to Those... get there overnight, but no. focus on, you know, when you were saying, wow. do you have goals in terms of, you know, uh, monetary goals or benchmark? Mm -hmm. No, but I do have goals in terms of, Hey, this is where I want to be in three years. And I'll break that down in five years. Yes. This is what you have to be in year one, year two, year three, year four. Right. Now, the monetary side financially, yeah, sure, there's financial you know, attachments that come with that. For example, mm -hmm. create this business, can it create 30000 the first year, 50000 the next year, and then 200000 So there is that. And I'm, you know, I, I look at it like that and I focus on those specific tasks versus the big picture because the big picture will drive me crazy. <laughs> right. I'm not there yet. I'm never going to get there. So, <laughs> It's important to break that down, but look, it's important to zoom out and look at where you've come, man. You know, yeah. uh, 
you may not be where you want to be, but you're a lot better than where you came from. Certainly, so. certainly. And it's just like having that plan, almost like the pursuit of getting to that is what always what it's all about. I mean, we know that, of course. It's easier said at the end of, of the day. Of course, but 100%. It, it really is, though. I mean, we've yeah. been through this thing called life, so we should know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all about the process. I mean, it may not be fun all the time, but yeah. uh, hey, it's part of it. That's so cool. Well, because like what what's beautiful about that is like, again, focusing on the inputs, which is like, not being so tied to a specific outcome and having an explanation and leaving that just sort of like, I'm going to allow this to naturally evolve. And again, almost going back to like the authenticity behind it, but also just being like, you know what? Like I never thought where I'm at right now would be possible. And you can see the possibilities out there. So you're like, why not continue to play this at like the highest level possible? Like it's just, if it's invigorating and exciting and like, I want to do this, I don't want, I couldn't imagine spending my time on anything else. And like, right. that's that, like, that's always like what I try to come back to as well. Yeah. And I think that also depends on who you're around, you know? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Top one and a half percent. Well, we, we have a lot of people in our company that day. we have people that are doing killer numbers, right. you know, number one in the country, things like that. And again, so when you're around that, you know, it just, you, you feed off of it. So yeah. it's like, who am I to say I made it or I did something or, right. you know, when you're looking at these people and they're like, okay, that was, I'm like, you got top. 0.001% on Monday. They're like, well, today's Tuesday. <laughs> Back to work. That's it. You know, yeah. and so you feed off of that. And then you see that success and you realize that that success is not being top one and a half percent. It's right. not about making a hundred million dollars a year. It's not about, yeah. it's about achievement. It's right. about being better than where you were yesterday. And mm. it's about, you know, continuously working towards a goal that's constantly moving. That's evolving. That's changing in the sense that you're adding new goals and there's new channels and there's new, uh, you know, there's new places to conquest. So, right. That's that's all part of it. So I think we get a little bit shaky and weary sometimes. Like, okay, I haven't made it, or you know, I'm I'm finally there. And you're yeah. not, you know, you yeah. shouldn't think like that because that's that's what's creating that weariness. You know, it's, right. it's a journey. There's no destination here. You know, the yeah. destination is the journey. Right. So, and it's constantly changing. So yeah. Wow. That's that's where my head's at with that. <laughs> be, that's, I mean, I love it because like the the goals and like that only it's like you define it for yourself. It only needs to make sense to you. Like that's, that's the, the freedom in pursuing that is like, I see it. It only needs to make sense to me and that's okay. Like maybe the decisions that I'm making, maybe yeah, on the outside are crazy to other people. Like I'm doing this or I'm doing that, but like, I see it. It makes sense to me. I can feel it. I can taste it. I want it. I don't know any other way to go about it. Your life. No, yeah, it's your life, your life. So you can't blame anybody at the end of the day. You know, well, I looked at this person and that person or this person said that it's your life. So at the end of the day, the only person that you can blame, the only person that you could thank, the only person it's you. So take accountability for your actions. You know, it's anything and everything I believe is in your hands. So, oh, this happened to me. Well, then you probably let it to some extent. And don't get me wrong. There's certain things that, you know, they're freaks, freak of nature type you know, action, things like that that happen. But again, I think, you know, taking accountability for your life and everything that is good and bad kind of changes your, just your psyche and your mindset and your way of thinking like, look, do you want that? Well, you can do it. You don't want that. Well, you can't do it too. Wow. (laughs) Dude. I love it. I think we should just leave it at that. That was so strong. Amedia, again, thank you so much for joining me. Like, seriously, I just couldn't appreciate it more. Thank you so much. I am humble. I don't know why I'm on here. (laughs) We have a lot uh, lot bigger fish that you work with, but uh, this was fun. Appreciate it. Yeah. Reminding me, we have to uh, 
have a little conversation on some ads and stuff that I actually want to watch. You got it. My pleasure. It was my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Where, uh, if anybody is looking to work with you, where can they find you? Where, uh, where do you want to send them? So they can find me at, uh, on my Instagram, I would say is uh, one of my biggest platforms at M Musavi. That's M M O U S S A V Y. I also run a downtown LA based, uh, lifestyle page called DTLA insider, which uh, goes hand in hand with the real estate sides and to some effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see us on YouTube as well on DTL Insider. We just recently started a channel and that's starting to uh, gain traction. Oh, I love it. Fantastic. And I'll, I'll, I'll definitely link all that stuff in the, in the show yeah, notes yeah. for this today as well. Again, Media, thank you so much. I appreciate yeah, it. Mine, sir. Everyone right, listening, appreciate you guys. Thank you. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Take care, Noah.